0: a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different.
1: When Kermit the front, sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change.
0: If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. carbon. East Hall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbonista, Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and welcome to the nation's go-to podcast when it comes to all matters related to the hottest topic on planet Earth right now, the environment. The man with the epaulets of authority is the green entrepreneur, Dale Vince. Dale, morning.
1: Morning, Ian. Have things?
0: Good. I like the idea that you've actually got epaulets and you're,
1: you're kind of wearing some kind of studious uniform, I thought you were going to say epilepsy. You threw me. <laughs> well, yes,
0: indeed. <laughs> um, good at this end, and there's a lot to wade through as we head towards your favourite time of year, Christmas. You got your tree up? Let's ask that. For you.
1: The tree nah, up. No, 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 there's no tree up. But uh, I think Christmas came early. I woke up to the news that uh, the Tories lost Shropshire in the most spectacular way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is this yep. is unprecedented. It's it's more unprecedented than the last unprecedented loss. Yes. Yeah, so, the, last one, the last one was bad, but this is a seat they've held for 200 years. <laughs> You've got to love it. Isn't you? You gotta Absolutely. Love it. Boris Johnson is a man on fire right now, and not in a good way.
0: Yes. It's, yeah. I mean, he's, he's kind of, it's all over the show, isn't it?
1: Everything it is all he over touches. the place. Everything yeah. he touches has gone to shit, isn't it? Yeah. Completely. Broken completely. promises, dodgy parties, lies on end. I'm, I'm loving it. I just think, you know, this is uh, this is all of Boris's chickens coming home to roost. And, of course, Omicron, you know, I mean, the last thing he wanted was another blow up of the uh, virus or the last thing any of us want, actually. But, you know, it's. I think it's likely to sink the ship in his case. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I mean, you know, they always talk about midterm blues, but this is something like, you know, this is a midterm bollocking, isn't it, in the, in the greatest <laughs> sense, to to overturn a 22,000 majority with a majority of 6,000. For the Lib Dems in a Tory seat at this point, I mean it's just
1: yeah. hugely significant.
0: But you, yeah. you sort of wonder whether the, the sort of Teflon nature of Johnson he'll he'll kind of bounce back from it somehow.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't think so. I think the um, the screen has fallen away, like the Wizard of Oz. You know that Teflon thing yeah, yeah, he got yeah. away with it for so long, and and I think once. Once it's gone, it's like the emperor with no clothes. You know, once somebody yeah. says it, then it's it, it just falls away. I think he's done. Actually, I, I think the series of scandals, the lies, the the ineptitude—I mean, everything—you know—it's all coming home now. And Brexit is still a still a mess, isn't it? I mean, Brexit's still doing more harm than the virus to our economy, which is incredible. No, I think uh, there's a there's a big day of reckoning coming. I can't wait. What about this story to start with then? UK energy suppliers
0: will face new financial stress tests from January. When I first saw that energy companies will require stress tests, I thought that's just sort of the (laughs) CEOs are going to be going through, you know, whether they can handle the pressure of running one.
1: Yeah, I, I, when I read the headline, I thought, "Fucking hell, we've just had the biggest stress test in history." You know, um, this winter, do we really need a stress test now? Because listen, if we can survive this, those of us that are left standing, we can survive anything. I mean, this is off gem, classically shutting the door after the horses bolted the stable door because we've just had this massive stress event, and those still standing are surely capable of standing anything.
0: You'd think so, wouldn't you? After everything you've gone through, it's like that would almost be – the stress test has already happened, right? That's
1: right. I mean, it's way late. It's 10 years too late. What they really need to do is stress test new entrants. Don't let this happen again. That's a good point,
0: yeah. And ask where their money is coming from. That would be reasonable, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, This from Duncan who says, Dale, how did the grid get so damaged in recent storms that we took two weeks for some homes to get electricity again? Does this mean wind turbines and solar? Panels could also get damaged in big storms as well. Does it ever get too windy for turbines? Do Did they generate lots of power in storms like that, or are they just switched off? He's
1: asked about 100 questions. (laughs) I I was going to say, there's a lot of questions there. Duncan's getting his money's worth out of this. (laughs) Yes, I can keep tabs on all of that. I think it was some power lines that came down, not the really big ones, not the national grid, but the small stuff. And as I understand it, the weather made it harder to fix. That was all it was. That's what caused the delay. Um, Windmills can be damaged by storm solar panels, a bit less so because they're lower down, a bit more sheltered. Obviously, wind turbines are stuck right up in the air. And they t- tend to like uh, feather the props, protect themselves from the worst of the, of the wind at about 60 miles an hour, something like that. Yeah. Uh, a bit like furling the sails on a, on a yacht, for example, you know, because there's a cube law relationship with the wind speed. If you double the speed of the wind, you get eight times more energy. So you've got to avoid those, those big peaks. But most modern windmills will generate peak output at about 20 miles an hour. And after that, they're feathering all the way just to keep themselves within the comfort zone. Wow. So
0: in terms of, you know, when you have – I mean, it sounds obvious, really. Maybe this is a really dumb question, but – Do it anyway. L- 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 let's do it anyway. Uh, l- you know, lots of wind around during storms would be curiously beneficial.
1: Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, we don't need storms. We need 20 miles an hour, and after that, we don't get anything more from it. Um we'll ah, right.
0: So that is the the, the yeah. point there. Yes, because otherwise yeah. they'd be going around like billio,
1: wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they might, be, they might be going around like billiard, but they're not making any more energy. Got it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Let's move to this story. This was disturbing. Bugs are evolving to eat plastic.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I mean, I thought it was like, for so many different reasons. Somebody did a study of bugs in different parts of the world, and they found that there was a, a response in the bug's DNA uh, yeah. around plastic buildups. And the more plastic, the more the response. And I think they found something like 100 different approaches that bugs are taking to breaking down plastic and they were they were localized depending on the kind of plastic that was surrounding the bugs then uh, there was a different reaction to break that kind of plastic down Uh, so i think two things i think one it's fantastic because bugs are going to clean up the planet the mess that we've made at some point that's going to happen and the second thing is we can isolate these bugs uh that have evolved to to eat plastic and we can use them ourselves to clean up plastic or to recycle plastic so it's a kind of It's a great weapon that we can take from nature to deal with the mess that we've made, you know, in the same way that we can find amazing cures in the rainforest and stuff like that. You know, this is nature uh, at its best, providing the answers that we need. Here's a
0: question from Neil uh, onto football. As a football fan, you're against Oldham turned into a bit of a thriller for a neutral supporter. (laughs) What happened? Well, put some meat on the bones, if you would, Dale, for those who don't know what that means.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, Forest Green Rovers. Top of the league, um, Oldham second from bottom, I think, when we played them. And uh, you know, you'd kind of, you'd kind of expect to win, but not in an arrogant way. And you can't take anything for granted. And this is football, so you never should. Um, we were leading three one at half time. They scored first, which was a shock. But then we we got back in the game, and we were leading three one at half time. And you think, you know, it's comfortable. Uh, one of our defenders came off. They made two substitutions. And the game ended five all. I mean, they just couldn't stop scoring. We kept scoring every time they did, but we couldn't stop them scoring. And I think at the end, we were quite grateful that they didn't get a sixth and win the game. It was it was a shock of 10 goals in 90 minutes. Yeah, it was proper entertainment for the neutral. And I even mean,
0: that's Yeah, indeed. I mean, I always think that, you know, regardless of where you are, if you, uh, you ultimately, you, you know, people go to watch a boxing match if they're honest, for a knockout and people go
1: to watch football for goals. Uh, it's, <laughs> if you get 10 of them, I mean, that's your money's worth, right? Yeah, mad, isn't it? Mad money's worth that. But yeah, And, and ju- fair play to Oldham. You know, they're lovely people and, uh, you know, they, they celebrated the point like they'd, you know, won something really big and, you know, in their situation they have. So, you know, I was yeah. happy for them. Um, Good work.
0: Um, what about this? Ministers are relying on an outdated energy security policy, according to leading academics, as escalating tensions between Russia and Western leaders propelled the gas market to record price highs. So we're in this curious place,
1: aren't we, with with, with our relationship with Russia and security? Yeah, and gas and fossil fuels generally and the climate crisis yeah i mean of course we're relying on an out-of-date energy policy to be honest i didn't know we had one um but we need a we need a climate crisis energy policy and if we had that we wouldn't have a russia problem a gas sure. problem you know it just sure. wouldn't be there and which is really interesting to me so this energy crisis this winter has been incredible you know the, the price of gas now is six times higher than it was at the start of the year, and. The answer to that is the same answer to getting to zero carbon and avoiding the worst impacts of the climate crisis. And it's to build renewable energy and to power ourselves completely with green energy and have that whole green revolution, a ton of green jobs, that resilience in our economy, that energy independence can give us. We just need to go on with it. We've got two reasons now.
0: Where are Russia
1: on all of this? I mean, in,
0: in terms of their environmental credentials. I mean, there's a bit of a stereotype here where we're likely to say, well, they haven't got any at all. You know, they, in fact, they're worse than Australia. But I mean, yeah, is that true? Nobody, nobody is. Nobody's worse than Australia. Yeah. That's true. Even, you know, we, we talk about China, but we've discussed at length on this program that there are actually some really interesting movements in, in, in China's kind of policies when it comes to the environment. They're not stupid. They know what's going on. Um but Russia, where are they?
1: Honestly, I don't know where they are. Um I don't know what they're doing on the environment front. They're obviously big producers of fossil fuels. Yeah. That's what I know.
0: This from Carol on Twitter who says, I've got your audio book. You sound all dramatic.
1: I love it. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad to hear that it was a weird thing to do and and kind of hearing my own voice in the headphones while doing this recording was was also weird and the guy doing it said to me look my big tip to you is just to to big it up you know don't talk in a normal voice because it'll sound yeah. really kind of like you know deflated and dull and uh, I did it over two days the first afternoon was real challenge and then that night I stayed at a hotel, met some interesting guys. We got slaughtered, and I did the second <laughs> day with the hangover from hell, and it was my, it was my best day. So, Fantastic.
0: Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of strange, isn't it? Even you know doing what I do for a living all the time, it, it, it's still how you pitch something. I remember sort of early on when I started doing this job and somebody asked me to do a voiceover for something, and I did the voice, and it was for sort of some educational video or something. And I could see the people were really disappointed by this. And they said, well, could you just do it less newsreadery? And I did it again, and then I did it again, and then again. And then they said, okay, thanks very much. And then I got an email saying, um, or a, a call or whatever, saying, um, yeah, thanks for all your time. We won't sadly be using you in the final version. Um, and I remember being absolutely deflated. And the reason it wasn't good enough is because I was shit back then. And
1: it's as simple as that.
0: Yeah, you learn, you learn. And when you kind of relax into something and stop thinking about it too much, Mm. you actually provide your better work.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've learned that actually. Relaxing in these podcasts, for example. I mean, that's changed since we did the first one. I used to treat them like an interview, but now it's a conversation, and that's completely, completely different. And, yeah, you know, doing this audio book, you know, I thought, yeah, I know how to speak, I can talk, you know. That's but but I had to I had to learn a different thing. Yeah, um, and and I listened to Chris Packham doing it, and he uh, was he was impressive. Amazing. Packham knows his beans yeah, when it comes yeah, to. Yeah. A- yeah, He's good a
0: microphone it. and a pair of
1: headphones. Yeah. But the book's out. And, um, you know, we were like, uh, last time I looked, within a couple of days, number three in the uh, eco book uh, bestseller Fantastic. list. And, um, yeah, yeah. and moving up the all-time, you know, all books combined chart. Um, good work. Somewhere in the 500s. I don't know. Good work. Um,
0: let's talk about Drax. Uh, we've talked about Drax before, of course. Another Bond um, villain. Yes, well, I mean, you couldn't have named this more appropriately, really, could you? Drax burning wood shipped from America as green energy. Um, And the Daily Mail, who haven't always been on board with these kind of stories, are, are finally clocking
1: what's going on. Yeah, I love it. I mean, here we go. The right wing press are getting on board. We spent all year working with the uh, Daily Express, of course, and they're completely on board. And I'm loving to see this because it needs calling out and it needs calling out by people on that side of life as well as on this side of life. If we have sides, which to a degree we do, Um, you know, what Drax are doing is hideous. I mean, they had 800 million pounds of support from the government last year, by the way, of yes. renewable subsidies. I've got inverted commas around that word, renewable, to bring this stuff over from Canada, America, and burn it. You know, it's just madness. I mean, that's more money than, than oh, I, can, I can imagine. We, we, could, we could have spent that money on some really good things. Yep. Uh, instead, we spent it on burning wood. You can't make it up, can
0: you? I mean, I know we 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 use that phrase a lot on this program. You can't make it up, but actually, it is interesting that that's where we're at, and somebody palming it off as environmentally friendly. Yeah,
1: I, I think we should change the change the term that we use and say you don't need to make it up.
0: Final story before we go to a final question, Dale. Uh, you can finally buy a sky diamond.
1: <sighs> Yeah, and this links back to the bug story, funnily enough, because yeah. we use bugs to make methane. We feed them with hydrogen that we make from splitting rainwater uh, and carbon dioxide that we grab direct from the air. We feed it to bugs. They make methane, and it's a key part of our process. So, you know, all power to the bug's elbows. And they've probably got a lot of elbows, actually. I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, <laughs> Sky Diamond's the shop. Do bugs when- <laughs> have elbows? Is that true? Just- In my mind's eye, they do. I've seen that on the Atomra <laughs> program. Anatomy <laughs> uh, of the bug so we've finally launched our shop yesterday sky diamonds we launched a concept last year of course it came up it was at the back page of my book the epilogue yep. I wanted to get it out in the world but we've been busy and uh, doing stuff that you have to do got the website live yesterday uh, we've sold out we didn't have many but we've sold out uh, we've got a new batch coming in Jan and the f- you know the response has been fantastic it's just exciting to be finally here and now we get the chance to take on the earth mining industry you know diamonds mined in the earth which has this huge negative impact Act. And um, our big argument is we no longer need to mine the earth because yeah. now we can mine the sky. And uh, so it's quite an exciting Great. time for us.
0: Very exciting. And a final question from Francesca. With your campaigns for Naturedale, do you really think 5G mobile
1: signals are safe? Yeah, actually. I, I, mean, I didn't, uh, I've, why I've are looked. they not safe? Well, you know, that's right. I mean, I've looked and I can't find evidence to say that it's any different uh, to, to what's already out there, that it's any particularly worse for nature or for humans.
0: David Icke will tell you differently, David. David Icke will pick you up on that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, no, I can't see it. And I have had a good look because, you know, as an energy company, we have customers talk to us about smart meters and say, you know, they're risky and all that kind of stuff. And then 5G piggybacks on the back of that. But then, you know, you've also got anti-vaxxers in the same camp, haven't you? So, yep. You know, uh, it's, it's an interesting kind of coalition of, uh, of uh, feelings, let's say. Uh, it, well, it's
0: interesting because the anti-vaxxers, I hadn't realized this to start with, but the, the root of the anti-vaxxer thing is in extreme right-wing politics, is that distrust for government and that belief that the governments can't be uh, relied upon to do anything at all. And ultimately they always mean you harm. And this is what this is all about. And it was only when I was following a story from the, the sort of extreme right-wing in Italy, when, when, Years ago, this whole anti-vax thing had a devastating effect on health because people were not getting vaccinated because they were scared of it, because they'd been told to be scared of it. And this was all cobblers, basically. And then that's extended now into 5G, that it's watching you, it's frazzling your brain, it's tracking your mood, all of that kind of stuff. And it feeds ultimately into a political extreme right-wing agenda. So good reason to resist it from that point of view, if nothing else.
1: Yeah, I mean, what I've read about 5G is that the signal is weaker, actually, um, and therefore we need more repeaters, but I mean, that doesn't sound like a threat compared to a, a yeah. more powerful signal that will penetrate walls and travel further. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not a fan of um, mobile phones anyway. I, I don't use one, but a lot of people do. I mean, yeah, indeed. God, nearly everybody does. Absolutely.
0: You're not, you're not convinced you're never going to get
1: one? Well, I, I had one before, but I probably haven't had one for 10 years or something. Wow. So, you had one of the old
0: bricks back in the day, did you? I
1: had a brick in the, um, we're talking early 90s, actually. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You were ahead of the game for a while. Um (laughs) No, no, I still am. Come on. (laughs) But but not with phones. But
0: not with phones. Yes, in many other areas. (laughs) Dale, that's it for uh this week. We'll uh, we'll speak in a week's
1: time. Yeah, see you on the Christmas special.
0: It, it will, yeah, it'll be our Christmas Eve program when we're we're back. So you look don't forward fucking hoe. You. <laughs> get your hat ready. I'll have the tinsel. Uh don't forget, of course, you can download this podcast from your podcast provider so you get each new episode automatically. Leave a review there as well if you want to get in touch. Email zerocarbonista at ecotricity.co.uk and do follow Dale on social media. Twitter.com slash Dale Facebook.com slash Dale Zero carbon east
1: off.